Sports Blast. This horse right here, he ran a great race, but Kanye's ego is the greatest horse of all time. Only on ESPN New Hampshire. All right, we have been all over the place today. Bruins. Scattered brain. Aaron Hernandez. That's sex we, at a tennis match. That's what we do. Francesa. Francesa. Just all over the Cop place Cop riding himself a ticket. Yep. Let, let's get Are we just going to list like, everything we yeah, said today? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Because we haven't Aaron Hernandez got yet. murdered, you know. He did not. <laughs> he didn't get murdered. Do you seriously believe Aaron Hernandez was murdered? It was an inside job. I do. I'm not changing that until there's verified video evidence. Ryan, the conspiracy theorist. Can we not talk about that? <laughs> and talk about Mark is so fed up with Brian and his conspiracy theories. We both agree, Mark and I do, that Aaron Hernandez committed suicide. Yeah. There were three suicide notes left by him. That's enough for me. It's not right. enough for me. That's enough for me. It's enough. All right. He committed suicide. He's over. He's gone. We don't have to talk about it anymore until we have to talk about the money that the Patriots may or may not owe the Hernandez family. But let's get to the Celtics, who finally seem to find their stroke. 17 three-pointers. Yeah. It was a, a tremendous performance last night in regards to the, the first quarter, the third quarter, and the fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't know what the happened in the second, second quarter. was a, awful. They went, what, four minutes without scoring at one point? Yeah, they, they took a page out of the Bruins' book, um, you know, with the second period in, in game one. Um, I, I think, you know, of course, Rajon Rondo's absence definitely helped out the Celtics. Well, yeah, because the offense can't move now on the yeah. Chicago side. They don't have someone to facilitate. Right, and, and Fred Hoiberg, the coach for the Bulls, he Sucks. coached at Iowa State oh. beforehand. Yeah, yeah, but the, <laughs> that too. I mean, no, I'm saying that, like the, their offense at Ohio, Iowa State was an explosion on top of explosion. Like they could hit shots. They kind of ran like the similar right. Brad Stevens uh, scheme. Right. Well, but when you have an old Dwayne Wade and only a Jimmy you Butler can't do who that. can't. Oh yeah, I think right. I, like. But isn't it kind of sad though that a number one seed needed the eighth seed to lose their star point guard in Rajon Rondo. Yes, it is very sad. It's kind of sad. It's pathetic. Pathetic's a better word. It's very sad because the Bulls can exploit the weaknesses that the Celtics have, which is rebounding because they have Robin Lopez. Well, I I will say that the rebounding still sucked last night, but it's, it's been better. It, it was. Be- I mean, they still allowed what fifteen offensive rebounds or something like that. Yeah, to, to could the be Bulls. W- it's still. It could be worse. It's, it, yeah, it, it was it a will, slight improvement. Right. I, but I mean, because I mean, Rondo's not getting. Some it's of those. pathetic though that they needed Rondo to get hurt to say, oh, okay, we can get back in this series now because that's essentially what we were all thinking. Yep. It's now that well, opens Rondo up an opportunity. wants to spite the Celtics. He's, he's all. He, that's what he does. And and the Bulls not happen to that. always win TNT games. Not only that, Rondo. We know this. He, right. he ch- pick and chooses games. He's a national television guy. Right. He loves the bright lights. He loves the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He loves the playoffs, and that's why I'm not shocked that he came out and no, played like that. No, I wasn't either. But I'm I'm surprised that Hoiberg gave him the keys to run the offense the way he wanted to. Right. Because uh, most of the plays, as you watch, Rondo was calling his own. He wasn't looking at the coach. Towards the end of halves he was but he was yeah. because he's not good like d- down the stretch kind of like plays where he needs like a pick and roll or you know stuff like that he always runs elbow and the elbow is running through uh jimmy butler right where rondo brings up the ball right and then it's like a handoff to back to rondo and then it's like a backdoor cut uh by jimmy butler and i feel like they they run that all the time yeah so it, it's it's shocking to me that he's having this experience you know, with Jimmy Butler and alongside Dwayne Wade when he didn't want to do it during the regular season. But now since he's in the playoffs, okay, he's coming up on a contract. He's playing for the Chicago Bulls, right, MJ's town. 
You know, I, I think there's a lot of history there, and he wants to be a part of it. Scotty Pippen was there. And now, three. and now's the time. Scotty hasn't aged one bit. <laughs> and now's the time to showcase that you want to become the starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls for years to come. Yeah. And it's literally a tryout for him mm-hmm. because we we've seen it those two past two games he dominated. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was I almost had a triple double in that second right. game. Well, it wasn't even the stats though; it was just his presence on the court. Well, right. yeah, because he's a guy like of all the players in this series, he's the one that has the most postseason experience. Well, not e- not even that. The IQ, his yep. basketball, Ashish, when he wants to play, he'll play. He arguably is one of the best point guards in the that's, game. As you just said five minutes ago, that's the problem with Rondo throughout his career. He picks and chooses yeah. when he and brings the intensity, in the, in the and playoffs. he always brings it. In the playoffs yep. and in the regular season, only during the nationally televised games. And That's also, the problem with Rondo. If he had brought 100% effort every time he stepped on the floor, like I said last week, he would be mentioned in the same breath as Chris Paul. He's a professor out there. He finds the mismatches yep. like no other. Like He's like the like, John Stockton. Like Robin the, Lopez on Al Horford. He's like the John Stockton, the Steve Nash. I, I mean, he, Jason uh, that's Kidd. A lead, that's a lead company to put Rondo in, but okay. No, his IQ. His IQ. Yes. Not his, I'm not ready to put him in the same conversation as John Stockton. No, boy, I'm saying The greatest is, point guard of he, all time next to Magic Johnson. His mindset to, yep. f- to to find the open guy and look to pass the ball first. Oh. Like, he doesn't shoot the ball as much as he used to. Right. If you look at the first two games, uh, he found the mismatch with Robin Lopez. When right. Robin Lopez was left wide open all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which that's, is, that's part of the problem is the bigs. And look, I know it's not their skill set when you're talking about guys like Olenek and you know Jarepko and even Horford. I'm talking their Horford. Bigs. Horford, Horford in particular. But their bigs need to get their ass in the paint. They don't do that. They hang out on the elbow too much. They don't get in. The problem with the Celtics is since Perkins left, since Kendrick Perkins left, they haven't had a bruiser down low. They need that guy that's going to fight for rebounds, no, both defensively and why. offensive. I'll and, tell you why. It's because that was Doc Rivers' offense. Yep. Like Brad Stevens, he doesn't run that type of offense. He runs big they, shoot threes. They love shooting, but that's He's the problem with them grown. is they settle too much. Yesterday they were able that's to knock what, out seventeen threes. Yes, yes, but th- that's what uh, the, that's what got them here. That's what their offensive sure. But I think that is. they need to be able to adjust when the shot's not falling. Like fine, last night game three shot was falling. Not uh, for t- for times though in the second quarter it wasn't. Jay Crowder's been kind of like when he misses Streaky. he misses. Bad. Yeah, dude. yeah. Jay Crowder. When he gets like back iron, he gets like part of the backboard. When he's on. When he's on, he's on. He's kind of yeah. like Eddie House in that sense. But you need to be able to play like a guy like. Remember how Paul Pierce would just get in the lane and make a three point play? You know, he'd get fouled. He'd get points at the line. IT does that. Team, IT does it, but no one else seems to do that. They don't want to fight and get to the line and earn their points that way. Everything is, hey, just kick it out to the open guy and just try to hit a well, three. Well, that's what. Or try to hit a long that's two. What I the get that's your is. system. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you need to tell these guys, hey, you know what? Your well, shot's not falling. Yeah, today. but you can't do that because that's what the offense is, and, and that's what they know. And in regards to the roster, your defense creates offense most right. of the time. I mean, we, we saw it last night, fast breaks. Terry Rozier coming out and just flushing a dunk on the yeah. Chicago Bulls. I mean, I thought he was going to lay it in, no, but I, that was a, it, it opened my dunk. eyes when I saw it. I was like, wow. Yeah, it, it looked like <laughs> Jalen Brown on that dunk. But – my whole point is w- with the rebounding situation, Danny Ainge did not go out and get Andrew Bogut or Nerlens Noel, okay? And they have a presence down low, not only to grab boards and to play defense in the paint, but they have a knack to find the loose ball, get the 50-50 ball. Yes. Okay? The reason why he didn't go out and get that is because Brad Stevens 
loves the continuity. Yeah. He loves to run this offense of shooting threes. Like, he runs that type of offense. He's not just going to throw because a big that, down low just right. to throw him down low. Right. Like, it's because that's the bodies he has. That's right the now. body that he has. <laughs> exactly. But Marcus Smart, please, please stop taking threes. Just please. He's ugly. He's ugly in offense in general. Well, hold on. Hold on. He, 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 he does get you those offensive rebounds. Oh, yeah. Defense and rebounding, fine. Offense, do not touch the ball on offense, please. He can shoot three occasionally. Yeah, no. When they're up by 15. It's like a heart attack watching <laughs> him shoot. 603-883-9900. Wrapping up our number two. It's the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. But when they say 17% body fat, do they mean 27? Because that's what I'm looking at. I think they mean 17% in his ass cheeks. Only on ESPN New Hampshire. Young Jeezy. Yeah. I like it. Jeezy. Put on for my city. Third and final hour here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. Ashish Sharma, Brian Roach, and Mark LaSalle taking you up till 2 p.m. this afternoon. We've got five questions with Brian coming up in uh, 20 minutes, I yeah. believe. Yeah. 20? You believe? I believe. I believe 20 minutes or so. I mean, sometimes we go over. I know. believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I believe oh, that we it, will stop, win. Stop. Game four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, getting back into the Celtics. The Celtics won. Uh, not me. Finally showed some heart yesterday after the first two games. Like, well, again, their I, bench actually showed up. Their bench actually showed up, and, and like honestly, like Isaiah Thomas had every excuse not to show up in games one and two, yeah. considering what happened to his sister. Everyone else just didn't the show day up. Before <laughs> Inspirational. his first, uh, like his sister freaking dies the day before he's taking the floor for game one of the playoff run for the Celtics, and he's the only one that actually shows up and plays with heart. Yeah, it was inspiring, game one and game two, and then, you know, It was inspiring watching Isaiah Thomas, but it was really... Um, yeah, that's what I mean. It, it was sickening watching the rest of the guys. It's like, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm sorry, did, did y'all's sisters die too? Like, seriously, yeah. he's the one who lost a family member just the day before, and he's the one going out there and dropping 33 in game one. And, and what I, are you guys doing? And I kind of want I, I kind of want to know if like Isaiah Thomas kind of addressed this kind of issue to the team because it's a very sensitive topic. And anytime you go through that, I mean, it's beyond this world. You know, you, you don't want to ever go through with it. Um, but with Isaiah Thomas, I kind of wonder if he like approached the team like before game four, uh, three or if it was during like after game two where he just kind of said, you know, guys, my sister just passed away and I'm playing with the most heart on this team. I need more help. And I I felt like last night there was kind of like a sense of urgency right from the start where the mentality kind of increased. And that may be because Rajon Rondo's absence, maybe it kind of gave him a little more life to say, you know, maybe we can win this series because Rajon Rondo's not playing anymore. But I saw, like, a little uh, uh, different demeanor out of Al Horford specifically where he's getting called out throughout the week mm-hmm. to say you're not worth $28 million no, he's certainly not, per year. He's never been. He, he's never been. But <laughs> he's the new Pablo Sandoval. He's worse than uh, he's considering he Considering the money he's making, yeah. You he's worse. And also it's there's worse. a cap in the NBA. It's a soft cap, but there's right. a cap. At least with Pablo Sandoval, all you have to worry about is the luxury tax. But, right. but, but as my, long as his belt doesn't point break, is, we're all good. Th- there's more energy out of this guy. And I, th- I think it is like feeding off of Isaiah Thomas because they want to do it for China. They want to do it for Isaiah. 
and, and for the Thomas family. Well, I, I don't know how much of it is honestly for Isaiah Thomas because if that was the case, they would have shown more, more heart in games one and two. Right. They came out flat. I think that maybe if you want to look at anything as the source of this newfound energy, it's not just that their ass is on the hot seat right now and they're kind of feeling that pressure and that sense of urgency. True. I think that part of it could be the voicemail that they got from Kevin Garnett. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah. yeah. KG left the team uh, in true KG fashion, an expletive-laced tirade about how they need to step up their game. And Avery Bradley talked about it after the game, and he said that actually gave us a shot in the arm. That gave us the boost that we needed. Avery Bradley, I think the only guy on the roster that played with KG, right? Now that I think well, about it, I yeah. Y- y- he's you know, the guy that he said, like, right. you know, it kind of made Kelly. me feel. No, it wasn't Kelly? No, Kelly no, Olenek Kelly came on after, no. I believe Kevin Garnett was already gone by the time Kelly Olenek came. Yeah, but, I think it was just Avery. But... He he said that it felt like Kevin was back in our locker room. Isn't that kind of like tampering? Because what? Isn't, isn't isn't Kevin Garnett on uh, a special assistant to the Fred Clippers? LA Clippers. Yeah. Yeah, but he's also on Area Twenty One well, on TNT. Yeah, play, he's. Kind, I don't know. Lounge. It's kind of an ambiguous role with <laughs> yeah. Kevin Garnett right now. <laughs> he's I don't doing know everything. It's, I mean, and again, it's not really tampering because he's not, he's just reaching out. Well, it's not because the thing is. You know, if let's say I'm, you know, you and I are friends, we play on different teams, I've been eliminated, although he, the Clippers are still very much in <laughs> right. it. I'm reaching out. It's kind of one of those weird things where, I don't know if you guys remember this, in 07, Kevin Millar, when he was an active member of the Baltimore Orioles throughout the first pitch in the 2007 ALCS at Fenway for the Red Sox against the Indians, Yeah. and Terry Francona was asked about it, and he said only Millar can be an active member of a division opponent, and he can come out and throw out the first pitch at Fenway and no one will say a word. It's kind of like that with Kevin Garnett. It's like he. Well, yeah, he, but that's a first pitch, not like a speech to get I, I a mean, team who motivated. Knows? Maybe only Kevin Garnett, while yeah. actively sort of working for <laughs> another organization in some kind of ambiguous role, can call into the Celtics and be like, "Well, I mean, you're kind of working for the Clippers, though. Should right. you be firing them up?" Right. I mean, I guess the one thing you can say is, well, the Clippers are on the West, Celtics are on the East. The chances of those two meeting in the finals are very. Unlikely. Well, yeah, because Golden State's ki- winning that. But it's yeah. still kind of weird, actually, now that I think about <laughs> right. it. And I don't know exactly what the role is with the Clippers, because as you said, he is on TNT with Area 21, and they gave him his own bleep button and everything. So, yeah. again, I, I until I know more about the position with the Clippers, I do know that he is kind of there on some sort of executive Personnel role. Personnel operations. But it's kind of like a very vague, like, hey, right. why don't you just hang yeah. around and just kind of be like a de facto that, that's exactly what it is. in I'll, the office. I'll feed, give you, us, yeah. I'll feed you some money while you just talk to the players. Just about, talk to the players yeah. and make some appearances. I don't think it's an actual, like, like does he get a W-2 form? It's like you're actually working for the <laughs> It's players. probably a 1099. <laughs> it's a contract role. <laughs> going, back to, go, going back to the series... Um, it is tax season. So. I, I do, <laughs> I do enjoy the switch um, that Brad Stevens implemented um, in yesterday's game, starting Joe Green over Amir Johnson. Oh yeah, Amir Johnson sucks. And not only that, I, I mean he is what he is. Energy, energy. energy. Yeah. That's exactly right. I, I, I think if and you're you gonna, saw it in the you first you can't quarter. get out rebounded that amount of times and, and be fine with it. Right. Like Stevens literally came out and said, you know what, this has got to end. I got to make an adjustment. Yep. We have to put in guys that want to play. Right. That want to put in the effort. Jell Green, every time he steps onto the floor. He puts out the effort, yeah. He brings some kind of effort, whether that's scoring production, whether that's rebounding, well, know, and, looking for the open guys. And you saw it in the first quarter. He had a couple assists. He made a couple shots. He sure. had a couple rebounds. But in order for you to um, have a say in this battle, th- this big bout that you're having with the Chicago Bulls, yeah. You really need to bring some kind of creativity, and, and which and uh, which you shouldn't have to because you the Chicago Bulls are your prototypical eight seed. 
Yeah. Yeah. They, they are an actual eight seed, and you're a fake number one. You're a fake number one. Exactly. That, number that's eight. the problem. You're a number one. You're based a fake on, number one. Based on the Cavs tanking. The yeah, that's the thing. And we, talk, we talked about this a couple yeah. weeks ago when the, when the seating week. wasn't. No, 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 no. no. When oh, the seating wasn't yeah. a final. We said that the Cavs don't give a crap about where they end up. They know they're going to the finals. They don't care who they have to face in the first, second, and third rounds in the Eastern Conference playoffs. They don't care if they're a number two. They have seed, to go through the bucks. Oh my god, the big scary bucks! They might play nice. something for the hashtag Cavs. fear the deer. Play the dinosaur song. They, they, might play, they might play something from the Three Musketeers for the Cavs. You guys so joke. We don't know, but you but guys joke. I think the Bucks could give a run. They could, the but my overall Giannis, point here. No, but really my overall good. point is the Cavs did not care. Right. Oh yeah. Where they ended up. They, I mean, they saw the Celtics and they're like, "Oh, the Celtics want to make a run at the f- number one seed. Fine, good go for, for them. It. Good, go for it. We, we'll, we'll, go be, as, we'll beat them at the Garden. Just yeah, to shove we'll it go in, their in as face. a number two, a number three, or a number four. We don't care. We know that we're probably getting to the finals for the Celtics. It's a bigger deal for them getting the number one seed than it is for us not getting the number one seed. Right. But do you know why the Celtics lost game one and game two? Because they effort. Yeah, effort, oh, the, Brian. Just it's just it's just effort. Like I 50, said, 50 no, balls. Chicago's gang out there. And you would think that everything that happened just the day before Isaiah Thomas losing his sister, committing to play in game one, well, not, I was shocked that he even I, played. I, yeah, but not only what? that I, effort, but the effort on the glass in, in general, yeah, like yeah. On, on the on the defensive glass. Just get a rebound, box out. Like, don't just stand there and watch guys out-rebound you. Do something about it. Right. Elbow them in the face. It's okay. To, to Ashish's <laughs> point, though, I mean, the, uh, the, cl- the cliche, I guess, would be to go out and play with a force because, you know, you're sad and you're angry about what happened to Isaiah's um, sister. But I think it really caught up to him. Like, you're looking at Isaiah crying on the sidelines before the game with Avery Bradley. You know, I, I think it got to an uh, emotional standard where you didn't really, you you didn't really want to get into that that deep because it, it's such a touch touchy subject. And I'm not saying Isaiah shouldn't have showed his emotions. He definitely should have. But with Avery Bradley getting into it, Kelly, there's such a, a family oriented um, team that this may have had a huge impact in the first two games because. They were sad for Isaiah. Yeah. And I know you want to go out there and play as much as you can, but in the back of your head, you're still thinking about it. Like Isaiah Thomas, he shot like 90%, 89% from the free throw line you know, for, for the season. Yeah, right? and then he missed. He missed four straight, five straight free throws in that game. So I think you know, having that in the back of your head. It, it's, well, the MVP chance don't help. That too. I I mean, it was just an emotional day. I, I know, in but I, I don't I don't understand the crowd's mentality. Well, it was the loudest MVP chant I've ever heard, and that was obviously to show him that hey, we have your back. Right, but when a guy is emotionally frazzled at the free throw line and fragile, yeah, at that. So your argument is that like, don't keep reminding him. Yeah, you're chanting MVP to yeah. show that you have his back. Fine, but every time you do that, you're reminding him of why of you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at least when he's in the game. It's a distraction. And a lot of people, look, there was also a debate on whether or not Isaiah Thomas should have played in game one. And I think he should have done what was best for him. Yeah. And obviously, look, I the agree. game Playing served was... as a distraction. Right. I mean, as if it's healthy, because I don't think he was he was able to fly out to Seattle until after game two, right? That was nope. not an option. Right. Yep. He had to wait until. So what, sitting at home alone in the dark was healthier than going out and actually using the well, game as an outlet? Granted, yeah, a lot of people had a problem with him not getting the privacy to mourn. Uh, in his own home, in the privacy of his own home. 
home with his own loved ones. Instead, he was doing it on a national stage publicly in front of everyone. Fine, I understand that perspective as well. But, I mean, if this is going to serve as a distraction for something that, very tr- uh, that something that happened so tragically in his life, then let him do it. Oh, yeah, he had to make his own judgment. And a lot of people were saying, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think he should play. And my response to that, you know, was like, who are you to say that? No, I, I think it's, it's respectful to go out there and play for your sister. But I thought it was disrespectful how the Celtics came out in game one and game two for Isaiah. And I think the motive behind that was because they were going through this emotional stage where it just caught up to him too much. It really did. Like, they were too sad about it. You know, and you have to, as much as, as it hurts, you have to block out the noise and leave it off the court and play with, with a different mindset. Because if you get caught up in that, like, like say, you know, this happened like uh, game two and game three, right? Um, the Celtics would be down 3-0. And that's not only because of effort, it's not only because of poor basketball, it's not only bad because Stevens didn't come out with the right lineup, it's because their energy wasn't there because of the sadness. And I think it was ballsy of Stevens, you bring up Brad Stevens, to, well, not not ballsy, that's probably the wrong word, because Amir Johnson is kind of useless, so benching him, no, I'm just saying that. (laughs) Go with the smaller lineup. (laughs) Going with the smaller lineup. Yeah. I, I don't think it was after be- getting out rebounded. Right, offensive glass. I mean, <laughs> right. they they got out rebounded. What 20, 20, re- 20 offensive rebounds in game one. They had eleven in game two, and then they had uh, fifteen in game three. And I'm telling you right they now, they need to get Robin Lopez off. They do the court somehow, they, somehow, <laughs> some way. But you know, you know how you do it is you go to the hoop. Right. You you yeah. commit fouls. You 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 attack the basket as much as possible. Like Terry Rozier. I'm telling you right now, he may be the X factor moving forward because yeah. he has that mentality just to go to the hoop and either you know get fouled or make a shot. And he's fearless; like he's he is fearless, not afraid exactly. to take shots. Like he'd get the ball and he just without hesitation just fire a shot. It didn't always go in. He did hit a three last night. He, I, might, he, he had, had a couple. couple. He yeah, had he a had couple, had, but he also no, three, missed three. Threes. Yeah, but he, he missed three, he missed yeah. a few too. But I yeah, like that there was no hesitation. Mm-hmm. He had eight of his eleven in the fourth. His so. work ethic. I'm not saying he's just like him. But his work ethic and his energy on the court is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Like, he has that Without the speedy talent. mentality just to go the hoop, and whatever happens, happens. It may be out of control, but for the most part, it sometimes works. Louisville represent. And that's, and that's how you win playoff series, playoff games, is it's not always the guys you expect. Right. No. Look back over the course of look at the uh, first game. PJ look at, Brown, look, yeah, look James at every Posey. Bobby Portis. It's, it's Bobby Portis. It's not <laughs> always the guys that you expect. It's not always Isaiah Thomas. It's not always Jimmy Butler. You need that random ass guy to just step up. It's like, whoa, where the hell did he come from? Bobby Portis. You know, Bobby zip Portis, sir. and that was zip, embarrassing. Zip, zip. That Bobby <laughs> took, Portis took a zip at that hoop. Had oh, a career man. night in game one. After a, he's a second year player, right? Yeah. After an underwhelming two years to start his career, I mean, people were they were comparing him. People, media analysts. We're comparing him to KG. I think I think yeah, he would. Well, uh, his intensity. I I I would have wanted the Celtics to draft draft Portis. I I thought Portis was a decent player in yeah. college. Um, I, I didn't really think highly of him. Yeah. But I thought he was going to be an energy guy, kind of like a, a he's Kenneth a, Reed. He's a better rebounder. Yeah. He, well, I'm he's saying, basically like, just Kelly Olynyk. No. 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 no Without no. the shooting. No. 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 I I, th- he I can think rebound he's and he's physical. Different. Yeah, I compare him to oh, Ke- Linux Ke- physical. Remember what he did to Kevin Love a couple years ago? <laughs> I, I he com- was trying to get out of the way. <laughs> I Kevin compare- Love is fragile. I honestly compare him to like Kenneth Reed. You know Kenneth Reed yeah, from the course, Denver Manimal. Nuggets. Manimal. I, I think he has that energy. He has that knack to grab 
50-50 balls. And moving into this series, guys, okay, it's game four tomorrow. They really just need to step up that energy. They just keep they have to keep it on track. What's good is that Rondo is indefinitely out. <laughs> right. But again, but it just goes that. back to how pathetic that yeah, is that, that they need it. It is pathetic, but that's but that's you know the what? reason Screw they're going to win the series. Screw it. It's the playoffs. I'll take it anything. I mean, it's a, 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 what year was it? Um, was it uh, Golden State Warriors who didn't play a single good point guard to get to the finals? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of them got hurt. But the <laughs> Bulls. Curry. So, so the Bulls had. Uh, Curry's their point guard. Yes, they played teams that didn't have. They played teams that point, didn't guards. Have point guards. Gotcha. <laughs> I thought you meant they didn't play on their roster yes. any good point guards. I was like, well, they have no, names no, because but... Chris Ball got hurt, and I think um, uh, Patrick Beverly was out again with okay. Houston. Yeah. Gotcha. But guys, gotcha. the way you get over, you know, overcome the loose ends of offensive rebounding is having an energy squad out there because you can't get all. I mean, offensive rebounds they come in fifty-fifty balls. They come with long rebounds, you know, from from a shot from deep. You know, Jimmy Butler, he misses shots. Dwayne Wade. Jimmy Butler went like 5 for 17 through like the third quarter. And and then Dwayne Wade misses shots. Merrill is on fire. So, I mean, he, he's uh, First game he wasn't. Second game he was. Second game he was. Last night he hit some big shots. Yeah. So, I think the way that you got to somehow out-rebound them is your work ethic and the energy. The energy has to be there. Because you need to bring it every single game. This is a playoff atmosphere. You gotta bring it. Double team, you're Robin Lopez. In, you're playing in Chicago. <laughs> you're playing in Chicago. You're fight. Brad Stevens is fighting for mm. his, um, I guess, uh, his reputation. reputation. Yeah. His reputation of being he, a one and done coach. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the Cavs series not right. being one and done. It's still his a one and done. Was he like, now? I was, he got three, three and ten. Like in I was telling games. Mark the other day that he's yeah. turning into Jerry Sloan. But then Mark was like, at least Jerry Sloan got to the finals a couple times and lost to the right. Michael Jordan led Chicago Bulls. Right. right. So it's kind of like an unfair comparison to Sloan. I mean, you to could, say that Brad Stevens is turning into that. At least he got to the finals a few times. You can blame the talent, but you have to play with what you have. Danny Ainge went out and got guys like Al Harford, Jake Crowder, great trade. Isaiah Thomas, great trade. So I, I think they had to put it all together, and they just need to be a complete team, not only in the regular season, but in the postseason. Right. And, and just show that teams, we're serious. You know, you're calling us a, a fraudulent number one seed. We want to make the most of that and show you wh- who we are, right. who we truly are. And, and that's just, it remains to be unseen. You know, I, I think it remains to be seen. Right. So. And now, now that Rondo is indefinitely out, as you said, Brian, there's really no excuse not to come back and win this. Right. You already it, got game one, or you got game three, rather, in Chicago. You win again tomorrow. You should win this series. There's no excuse. Even mm-hmm. being down 2-0, hearing the news that Rondo was out, that was the guy, that's the catalyst for their team. He might yeah. not be the big numbers guy in terms of scoring. That would be Jimmy Butler. But he's the guy that makes everything click. He's the, the cog in side. the machine. He is the key cog in the machine. And now that he's out, take advantage of it. And I'm and telling you, no you, excuse. I'm telling you right now, if you play the Hawks or Wizards, you're done. Wow. Oh, you got to step it up. <laughs> it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. If they oh, who's winning that series? That's the one series I have not paid attention to. I think it's to. the Wizards. Yeah. I have um, no idea, actually. No, I, I, <laughs> I paying I, attention I, to that series at all. I believe it is the Wizards. That's the one series I know nothing about. That's but strange. Those teams, yeah. those teams are scary, yeah. and they can grab rebounds, too. And yeah. if you don't have... Wizards will be tough because of... Well, because those two have true centers, Mark right? Keith, yeah. Morrison, Gortat. Gortat, and then you've got Dwight Howard with the Hawks. So. Yeah, Paul Millsap. So I, it's going to be a tough test regardless. So everybody talking about how the Chicago Bulls series is going to be the tough, toughest series for them. You got another thing coming from 
for you because you got the Hawks or you got the Wizards. You got elite upon elite. Isaiah Thomas is not elite. He's a good player. He's a superstar on an, a fraudulent number one seed. Not Washington leads to He's nothing. He's on the cusp of being a superstar. Not quite, though. He's an all-star back-to-back years. and In my eyes, that's, that's a superstar in the making. All right, quick break here on the Sports Blast. Five questions with Brian Roach coming up after this.